The Old Testament reading for this first Sunday after Christmas is from Exodus chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to come your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is from Colossians chapter 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. We rise. according to St. Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, maybe you remember the, uh, the movie Field of Dreams from 1989. Uh, it's a, a movie, if you haven't seen it, about a a young farmer in Iowa named Ray, Ray Kinsella, and uh, he hears voices talking to him, and he decides that uh, he needs to plow under some of his cornfield to make a baseball diamond for some reason, and so he does that. And uh, then the, the ghosts of players of the past, uh, especially from... Uh, Let's see, was it the Black Sox team? The Black Sox team comes and, uh, but one of the players that comes, yeah, Shoeless Joe Jackson, um, one of the players that comes was Ray's father, who uh, is deceased from a long Grace. time ago, uh, when, when Ray was a boy. And the two of them had been estranged for a long time. Uh, his father was really into baseball and that, and uh, so the ghost of his father is there too, and he recognized that that's his father. Uh, but before, before uh, his father, I don't think he recognizes that Ray is his son. He might. I'm not sure about that. But before, before that time, I think, uh, they have this conversation. And um, John is the father's name. John says, is this heaven? Ray says, it's Iowa. And John says, Iowa? I could have sworn this was heaven. Ray says, is there a heaven? And John says, oh yeah. It's the place where dreams come true. And Ray says, maybe this is heaven. That's an interesting question. Is there 
a heaven. And if you go out and you ask people, you're going to get a lot of different kinds of answers. It's a, a question that many don't know the answer to. And uh, if people even do believe that there's a heaven, there are many people who don't. And in one sense, Christmas is all about heaven. Our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day celebrations, they're all about heaven coming down to earth. And now this following day, this day after, here we are again in the place where heaven meets earth, in God's house, where his word is preached, where his son's body and blood are received, are given to us as gifts, where God comes to us again and to tell us that your sins are forgiven, where the Holy Spirit is at work in us through that word, and where we take into ourselves the body and blood of Christ. Heaven isn't something that we just talk about once in a while, like on Ascension, Ascension Sunday when Jesus rises back into heaven, or maybe at funerals when we're talking about someone who has died and gone to heaven. We talk about it at other times, too. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we know that the birth of Jesus has everything to do with heaven. Actually, with whether or not we are prepared, made ready for heaven. The truth is that in order for us to be in heaven someday, in that, I don't want to call it a field of dreams because it's so much more, but in heaven someday, we have to be prepared. We have to have Christ coming to earth. Because without his coming, we have no peace with God. And peace with God is a key element of the gospel. And therefore, a key element of heaven. We are prepared for heaven because that's what our Savior brings to us. All people, men, women, children, we all need peace with God. We need it, of course, because we are fallen sinners who are destined for hell unless God steps in and does something for us. And this truth is not something that's apparent to us. It's not natural to our way of thinking. Rather than deserving heaven, we deserve hell. But when people are stopped, like on the street, and asked this sort of question, how do you get to heaven? They answer in a variety of ways. And if you don't know the truth of the scriptures, your answer probably, I think, depends on what you think of yourself, how good you have been. For example, if you believe that you have been a pretty good person, then I think your answer would be, again, outside scriptures, not knowing scriptures, your answer would be, well, I think that to get to heaven you should be a good person. You should live by the golden rule. Do unto others as they do unto you. And maybe if you think that you haven't been maybe such a good person, then you might think that you can get to heaven as one man said, if you know in your heart that you did the best you could and you didn't hurt anybody along the way. 
or if you know you really have not lived a very good life, um, then you just might say, I don't think there is a heaven. Now I might be wrong on that, but I would wager that uh, that's at the heart of people's answers, what they think about themselves. Again, if you don't know scripture, if you don't know the truth and the gospel, then that's what you're left with. Yeah, I think I'm going to heaven. If you ask most people, if there is a heaven, do you think you'll be there? Most people will say yes. But people don't see Christmas as a time for thinking about sin and punishment. It's supposed to be, after all, a time of joy and goodwill to men. Holly, mistletoe, right? For many, it's a time of family, family traditions, and nothing more. Many don't know the great gift of Jesus that God has given to us and to the world. In fact, Jesus sort of gets in the way of the holiday, gets in the way of the fun and the frivolity of Christmas. I like that word. I saw that somewhere. I thought I would use it. Fun and frivolity of Christmas. Jesus gets in the way of that, especially if you take him at his word or take him too seriously. And there I guess I'm talking about the adult Jesus. The baby Jesus in the manger, most people can swallow that. This is nice. This is fun. This is beautiful. This is peaceful, calm. That we can deal with. The adult Jesus and some of the things he says, not sure we want to even go there. And of course, people love the gift giving at Christmas time. Uh, if you're a merchant, if you're in that kind of a business, you, you love it because this is where a lot of your income comes from, is the Christmas season, right? Uh, and if you're on the other end of it, if you're receiving gifts, of course, you love that too. Nobody, nobody spurns that. Everybody likes to receive a gift. But many people don't know that the gift that they need is the gift of the Savior. They only see the little baby, uh, the decorations on the tree, the gifts under the tree, uh, the, the carols, maybe Silent Night, and they, they, they need that for a week or two, and then they put it away with all of the trimmings of the tree, and it doesn't come out again for another year. To tell the truth, a good many people don't see Jesus in Christmas at all. And you'd have to say that the vast majority of people around the world give no thought to the eternal ramifications of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I suppose we might be equally concerned about the reality that even some Christians get caught up in the tinsel and the lights and the gift giving of Christmas without taking time to reflect on the gift of God in the manger and what that means for eternity, for their eternity. And I wonder, does that ever happen to us? Do we ever get caught up and push aside, even in our minds for a little while, what Christ came here to do? In the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God becoming flesh, becoming man, heaven did come down to earth. And this fantastic and incomprehensible reality was prophesied and promised by God over the centuries, for many years before its actual fulfillment. And that's why Simeon and Anna are so 
full of joy at seeing the Christ child. They had been waiting and longing for the Savior. And Mary and Joseph, they are uh, not the only ones who recognize that this baby that Mary is carrying into the temple grounds is different, is more than just that, but is the Savior that is prophesied, the promised one. Simeon and Anna, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and by the power of that Holy Spirit, they see and they know the gift that God has given to them and to all mankind. And Simeon points that out, that it's for all mankind. He points that out, that in his, uh, his little blessing here, his little speech, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He had been told that he was not going to die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. What? a promise to somebody that must have been and so he's there in the temple all the time waiting looking and now he sees the Messiah and he knows now he can depart in peace Lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word according to your promise for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, that this baby in Mary's arms is for the salvation of all mankind, not just to lead people out, of the, under, out from under the thumb of the Romans or something like that, but the salvation of all mankind, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And salvation is not just for the Jews, for God's people, Israel, but also for the Gentiles, for you and for me who are part of the true Israel by faith. This should not be a surprise that Jesus is for all people. God tells us in 1 Timothy that he desires all people to come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved. We are prepared for heaven. We are ready for it because our Savior brings us peace with God. The birth of Jesus is such a great blessing because in this baby God has taken on flesh. He has become incarnate so that he might live perfectly as a man under God's law, even as you and I are under God's law, so that he might be tempted in every way, even as you and I are tempted in every way. And scripture tells us that he was, but that unlike us, as he lived under God's law, he never gave in to even one of those temptations. And in fulfillment of that law, he also took on himself all the sins of mankind, your sins and my sins, so that once and for all he could put them away. Once and for all he could pay the price on the cross. In the gift of a Savior we are saved by God's grace through faith. And Simeon's words are very um, familiar to us, aren't they? They have come down to us over the centuries in the church. We say them Every Lord's Day as we leave the table, uh, after we have received the body and blood of Christ, after we have actually beheld the incarnate Christ in the bread and the wine, as the incarnate Christ has worked 
in us through the word, after we have heard the words of God, your sins are forgiven, then we too speak the words of Simeon and say, now, Lord, you are letting us go in peace because we have seen your salvation that you have prepared for us from the foundation of the world. And because we are prepared, because we recognize that everything has been done that is necessary for our salvation and for our eternity in heaven, we can have goodwill toward our neighbors by sharing with them the truth of who this baby is. We can tell others the ramification of the birth of God in the manger, that this goes toward our eternity, that we can spend an eternity in heaven because of what Christ has done for us. We can tell them not only about the sweet and the mild baby Jesus, but the grown-up, crucified, and resurrected Jesus. Remember that the hope that Anna and Simeon shared, the joy that they shared, was not because of the little baby and how sweet and cuddly he looked, but because they understood that he would be taking our sin away. The true meaning of Christmas is never divorced from Calvary and the resurrected Jesus. Anna and Simeon are overjoyed because by the power of the Holy Spirit they believe in the Christ even though he is a baby at that time. And that joy spilled over because uh, they go out and they tell everyone they find what has happened. The Messiah has come. Is there a heaven? <laughs> you bet there is. And we celebrate in this season the meeting of heaven and earth and the birth of our Savior who prepared the way and prepares us for heaven. God bless you this Christmas season and God empower you as you speak the truth and share the joy in your hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.